Hey, my name is George Crabb, and welcome to my channel. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm an author of books on how to see who the Messiah is in all of the scriptures, in all the Old Testament scriptures. And uh, you're going to gain valuable insight into this, and you're going to see how Jesus is in all of the Bible. Yes, even in the Old Testament. Uh, that might come as a surprise to you. I know it did to me many years ago. But what this will do is you're going to see how he's in all of the Bible, and it helps you understand the New Testament. If you understand the Old, you will understand the New Testament. So that's how it works. And it will give you a fresh new insight into the Bible. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, the main thing in all of this is to understand God's grace, the good news of God's grace, that free gift that none of us deserve, but we can receive it if we believe. All right. So I have a fresh new video every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. And I promise you it will change your life as we go through the Bible together. And you'll find such value in this. And I know you will. And I just love the fact that uh, people are watching this. I love you guys. And um, hey, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button down there. And you'll get all the updates when they come out. All the newest videos. All right. So let's start with some prayer. It's always good to pray, right? And uh, I thought we could do that right now. Let's do it. Well, Father, we do pray right now. We pray that you will show us your truths in the story of Ruth and that we can learn and we can glean understanding about how Boaz is a picture of the Messiah and Ruth is the bride of Christ and how Naomi shows us a picture of Israel, whom you love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, all right. Okay, so in this video, you're going to see how to see Ruth right? The, the book of Ruth and how to see Ruth herself as the bride of Christ. She's a picture of the church, the Gentile bride of Christ. Remember Joseph had a Gentile bride. We know that uh, uh, Moses had a Gentile bride. There's this picture that we see that just keeps coming up over and over and over. It doesn't mean that God's done with Israel. Some people believe that they're wrong. It means that God has a plan for the Gentiles as a bride and also for his kinsmen, his, his countrymen, Israel. And he loves them both. And this is a beautiful picture. The, the story of Ruth is a beautiful picture of that. And it shows us what God's plan. So also you're going to see how Naomi is a picture of Israel. And you're going to see how Boaz, who's the hero of this story, is a picture of the Messiah. And if you're in Israel, it would be the picture of Yeshua, Mashiach, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, uh, the presentation portion. So here we have a scroll and we see the scroll of Ruth. If you want to go way, way back and pretend you're in the old days, it would be the scroll of Ruth. Or we could just say today the story of Ruth or the book of Ruth if it's in our Bibles. Uh, so that's what we see there. All right. This man here, Benjamin Franklin, I'm sure you know who he is as soon as you saw him. Well, Ben, Ben Franklin, okay, he told a story, okay, to, and he would, he would actually read the Bible to his intellectual friends when he was the ambassador to France. And he believed in the Bible. He believed the Bible was true. And his intellectual atheist friends would kind of scoff at him and look at him and, and say, do you really believe that fairy tale, that Bible? 
And Ben had a brilliant idea as he had lots of ideas, but this I think was his most brilliant. He took a handwritten copy of the book of Ruth and he read it to his intellectual friends. And this is what he said. I want to tell you guys this amazing love story. And he reads them the whole book. They didn't know it. And they were amazed at the end of Ruth. After they heard the story of Ruth, they were just absolutely amazed. And they said, wow, that was the greatest love story I've ever heard. Some of them said this to him. And he said, and they were like, that's got to be published immediately. And he said, it's already published. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Isn't that awesome, you guys? Wow. So it's a beautiful story. Some have called it the greatest short story ever told. That and the prodigal son story, they're both called that. And uh, Charles Dickens called the prodigal son story the greatest story ever told. And these stories actually parallel in a lot of ways. They're a lot like the prodigal son story. And uh, you're going to see that in this because there's a famine. There's other things like that. So it's pretty amazing. Pretty neat stuff. So Ben Franklin. And this story, the, the book of Ruth was, um, it was right around 1100 AD, or excuse me, BC, before Christ. So it's kind of sandwiched between Joshua, our last episode as we looked at Joshua being a type of Christ. It's sandwiched right in between Joshua, which is like right around 1400, uh, maybe 1300 BC before Christ. And David, who's around 1000 BC before Christ. And that's where we see the book of Ruth or the, where the story actually took place. All right. So this is a map of Israel. Remember, it was divided after Joshua uh, and Caleb and the other men. They conquered the land, the warriors, and they went in. They occupied the land. And, um, and here we see how it was divided and here we see Jerusalem right there and in the in the area the territory of Benjamin and then below that there's there's Bethlehem it's not on this map but it is on this one so Bethlehem is just south of Jerusalem i think maybe just a few miles south and then here's the land of Moab and there's the story centers around these two places leaving Bethlehem and then going back to Bethlehem from Moab. So leaving Bethlehem to Moab, and this is during a famine. You're going to see that in the scriptures, and it's, it's pretty cool when you see this. All right, so let's go ahead and look at the scriptures, and let's see where we see all of this taking place. Okay, let's see here. I'm just navigating this. Okay, so the scripture. Here we go. Ruth 1, chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, excuse me, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. And they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah, and they went into the country of Moab and they remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. What a sad thing to happen. 
So here they are, they're already suffering in their mind. They're, they, they had this great famine that came and then they're in this foreign land and her husband dies. She's suddenly widowed. And then it says, and, and these, um, but I'm sorry, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi died and she was left with her two sons. And these took Moabite wives. The names of the one was Orpha. And the name of the other was Ruth, the name of the story, of course. And they lived about 10 years together. So uh, these sons married these wives, these Moabite women. And here we're seeing that. And then in verse 5, and both Malon and Chilion died. Oh my goodness, what a tragic story, right? And so the woman was left without her two sons. So the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. So Naomi has nothing now. Naomi has nothing. This is Rayleigh, who's over here in this Gentile land now. And here we're seeing that her two sons even died. And she's left with what she thinks is nothing. And then she arose with her daughters-in-law to turn from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab, the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she gets word that there's food in the land of Israel again in Bethlehem, which actually means Bethlehem, a father means like bread basket. It was like the, the bread basket of Israel in those times. They grew lots of wheat and barley. I think barley was the first uh, crop that they would grow in the spring, and then they would uh, have a second harvest, a second crop, which was the wheat crop. All right. So verse seven, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way, on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each of you to your your, to her mother's house, may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them and lifted up their voices, and they lifted up their voices and wept. So they're all weeping together here. And they said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? This was a big deal in those days for a woman to have a husband. And then it says, turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me that for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Isn't that beautiful? Ruth clung to her. She's like, no, she, it's kind of reminds me of how Mary Magdalene clung to Jesus. Remember that when he was going to go back up and to see his father to the glory, but she clung to him because she loved, she loved her. Okay. So then verse 15 says, and she said, see your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods, return after your sister-in-law. 
But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And where and your people shall be my people and your God my God. Isn't that powerful? Wow. I love that. And then verse 17. Where you die, I will die, she continues. And where and there will I be buried. And may the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. She's very serious about this, isn't she? And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. And so the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they had come to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? They were very excited to see her, right? And she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Remember, Mara means bitter. You can see the footnote right there, bitter. Remember the, the, uh, the spring of Mara where Moses led the children of Israel to? It was like an oasis and there was a spring there, but the waters were bitter. The word was Mara, but he took the tree. God said, take that tree. And he took that and he threw it into the water and it became sweet and the people could drink of it, right? That tree being a symbol of the cross, my friend, that cursed tree. But Jesus can make those bitter waters sweet, my friend. So you see the picture in there? So Naomi means pleasant. And it, it's a picture of Israel because the land of Israel was the land, the pleasant land. That's how it's referred to in some of the places in the Old Testament. So Naomi definitely represents Israel in this picture. There's an there's a underlying story within the story here, just like Joseph's story, just like Moses' story, Joshua's, and all the others, and you know Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain. There's an underlying story that God put in there, and it's amazing when you see it, you guys. All right, so that's verse 20. Let's go to verse 21. And I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back. Here she is speaking to the people of Bethlehem, Naomi is. So the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So it's like right after winter, this is the very first harvest, the barley harvest. So it's the springtime actually. So. Let's look at the next chapter. Okay, chapter two. We're going to read this whole story because it's a short story, but it's so beautiful. We could do it real easily in this episode, you guys. Hey, don't forget to just hit that subscribe button. Um, this will give you all the alerts of the newest videos, the fresh videos that come out every uh, week, Friday at 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Also, hit that little bell because you'll get the alerts and you won't miss anything. So, and, and feel free to comment down below, my friends. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from... My friends, you guys, especially you guys in Israel, I'd love to hear from you. All right. And I know this is one of your favorite stories. So, all right. So chapter two of Ruth, verse one. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. 
And she said to her, go, my daughter. And so she set out and went and gleaned in the field after her reapers and or after the reapers, excuse me, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to his young men, man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So he notices Ruth, before Ruth notices him, picture of Christ, right? The Messiah. He noticed you before you ever noticed him. The Bible says that he loved us before we loved him. It's in there. So, so here we're seeing that. So in verse six, and the servant, and the servant's never named. He's an unnamed servant. And I think that the servant is a picture of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's job as Jesus said, he testifies of me. That's what Jesus said. He, the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. We don't focus in on the Holy Spirit as, as the Christians. We don't want to worship and focus in on the Holy Spirit. We focus on Jesus because the Spirit testifies of Jesus. He brings us to him. All right. So that's what we see here. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather after the sheaves, after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. And then the Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to the glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women and let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young women not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young women have drawn. Isn't that awesome? He's taking good care of her already. He noticed her first and he's taking care of her. Now he's speaking with her. And then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Wow. It's the picture of the Gentile bride of Christ. We, the foreigners, not of his land, but him showing grace to us, great grace. And that's what we're seeing in this verse. This, this verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, is the picture of grace, getting something good that you don't deserve. So I'm going to read it again. And then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. That's what we do with Jesus, right? We bow our hearts to him especially, and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that I have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. All that you have done, excuse me. So all that Ruth has been doing has been exposed, has been told to Boaz. He's heard about it. Did you know you see, Boaz is a picture of Christ. Did you know that Christ Jesus, Jesus, our Messiah, the church's Jesus, 
loves it when we love Israel? Israel has been picked on and persecuted by the world forever. I mean, since their existence, right? The world has hated Israel. It's because the world belongs to the little God of this world, Satan. And their thinking is like his for the most part. And that's why you see, even today, even people like George Soros and some of these uh, elitists, these billionaire elitists, a lot of them in this world, they hate Israel. They hate Israel and they want the world to hate Israel too. They want you to hate Israel. Well, I love Israel because when I was saved, when I was born again as a child of God, God put it in my heart to love the people of Israel. And if you're in Israel, Jesus loves you. Yeshua, the Messiah, loves you, my friend. All right, let's continue with the story. So Boaz answered her, all that you've done. So he heard about all that she had done for Naomi, for Naomi, who represents Israel. And how you left your mother, your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. And the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Remember Jesus gave the analogy. He gave the picture of the the mother hen. He goes, I want to gather you, O Israel, as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And, and that's where they take refuge. And it's a pretty cool picture. Look that up. Google it sometime. You'll see some really cool pictures of little chicks hiding under their, their mother hen. So here, Boaz is saying the same thing. And then verse 13. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord. For you have comforted me and spoke kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. Wow. Do you guys see the picture here? And at, <laughs> this is so powerful. Boaz being a picture of the Messiah Christ. That's what Christ means in the Greek, by the way. It just means Messiah. So when I say Christ, just think of Messiah or Mashiach if you're in Israel. And so at the meantime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. In other words, the bread. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. So, so check that out, guys. The bread and the wine. Let's look at a picture of that real quick here. So, okay, so the bread and the wine we see right here. We see, first we see the grain this is a really good picture of the grain, but here, this is the table of showbread. Okay. This was in the tabernacle or even in the temple. And this was the made out of the, um, acacia wood which is the thorn tree the like the cursed tree and many think the acacia wood is where they got the thorn crown for jesus that was pushed down on his head and it's overlaid with gold with this beautiful gold and these were pure gold vessels which carried the wine and then there was the 12 loaves of bread or the roasted grain and remember jesus broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he says take this and eat of it 
This is my body broken and given for you. And then he took the wine and he said, take this and drink it. This is, represents the blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. His blood shed for us, you guys, the perfect lamb of God. So here we're seeing that. That's communion. We call that communion in church. And um, here we're seeing that picture in, in the story of Ruth. And also, look at this. So this is uh, near my house. And I'm not going to tell you where I live because it's a, I love this place. It's a gem. It's a secret. And I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> but this beautiful grain field near where I live is beautiful wheat. And when it's ready for harvest, you know, like white for harvest, it almost looks like a white gold color. And it's beautiful as the wind comes and it, and it waves in the wind. But here I noticed when it's ready for harvest, you can see the heads of grain. The heads of grain are bowed down. They're bowed down. And that, my friend, is when they're ready for harvest. And the field is gold and beautiful. And it's when they're bowed down, they're ready for harvest, right? It's the same with us. We are ready for heaven when our hearts are bowed, when we are bowed to the king. And here we're seeing that in the story of Esther, or no, excuse me, Esther. We're seeing in the story of Ruth right now as she bowed down to Boaz. So again, here's Moab. Uh, first, they went to uh, Naomi and her family. They went down here. Everybody died. Um, you know, her husband died. Then the two sons married these Moabite women. Then her, her sons died. She was left with nobody. And then she comes back here just with Ruth and comes back to Bethlehem, which is the breadbasket of Israel. All right. So here I want to show you when there's a great revival. This is the picture of a, the Welsh revival, one of the greatest revivals in history. And that, that just means God revived. He breathed life back into the church. And we need another one today, my friends. But see how it looks like grain almost? It's like they're praising God. And I remember I was at a Greg Glory. Um, it was a this event that he had in Seattle uh, at this basketball stadium there. The you know, and I remember looking down, and all these people. It looked like thousands of people came forward to receive Jesus into their hearts. And I remember that it looked like a wave going across the crowd as they were their hands were lifted up, and. They prayed the prayer to receive Christ. And, and Greg said, please be now, please be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Please fill them with the Holy Spirit. And it was like a wave going across the crowd. It was a pretty amazing sight because I was sitting with my uh, friends way up high in the, the uh, Colosseum where I could, we could see the whole thing. It was just awesome. So here's the Welsh Revival, same kind of thing. Here's the grain again. Just thought it was a neat picture to show of that. Also, the temple, okay? The temple of Solomon, the my opinion, the the best temple. So Solomon's temple was magnificent, man. It was just, you know, it was just incredible. It was like one of the wonders of the world. People would come from all over the world to see it. Well, here the pillar, the north pillar, was called the pillar of Boaz. So it was named after the hero of this story, Boaz, who was a big picture and a type of Jesus Christ. So that's what we see there. Pretty cool stuff, right? Okay, well, let's get back to the scripture. We're um, pretty much halfway through the story of Ruth, this beautiful love story, right? Isn't that what uh, what the, the French people, the intellectuals called it? 
That was the most beautiful love story we've ever heard, Benjamin. And Benjamin Franklin says, yeah, it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's so good. All right, so verse 13. Then she said, I have found, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your own servants. So here, here it is again. He uh, breaks the bread, gives it to her, and the wine, picture of Christ, big time. And then in verse 15, And when she arose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. So don't stop her from taking the, the first choice of the grain. Isn't that awesome? All right, so then verse 16, And also put some, uh, pull out some from the bundles of, for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah. An ephah uh, was about uh, three-fifths of a bushel or 22 liters. That's a pretty good amount of grain. So that's going to definitely feed her and Naomi for quite some time of this barley. And then verse 18, and she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. Wow. This is awesome. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Oh my. So Naomi forgot. She didn't even know about Boaz, forgot all about him. Just like Israel today doesn't really know about Jesus, their Messiah. And here we're seeing a picture of that. But all of a sudden it took Ruth, the picture of the church, who explains and tells her, just like I'm doing right now, that the man's name is Boaz. For you guys, I would say the man's name is Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, you guys. So it's just like that. And then verse 20, And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. There it is again. A close relative, right? The Jewish people of the nation of Israel, they are related to Jesus because Jesus is Jewish. In fact, the sign that was above his head when he was crucified, it said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews or King of Israel. That sign was not ripped in half. When the, the heavy curtain veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom, making free access into the holy place, the holiest, the holy of holies, where the ark was, where the mercy seat is, where, where the Lord would sit the in in the priest would go in once to sprinkle in the blood. When that Holy of Holies was opened up, the, the veil of the temple is ripped from top to bottom. That sign above Jesus was not ripped in half. I know it's it's a side note of mine. It's something that I, I love because that sign remained. He's still the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. All right. So the man is a close relative of ours and he is... 
one of our redeemers. Wow. Remember, Jesus paid the price on the cross. He redeemed us. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go with, this young, with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. All right, let's look at the next chapter. So chapter 3. And then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well for you with you? Is not Boaz our relative with those young women you were? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to read that again. Is not Boaz our relative with those young women that you were, like you were with? And see, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. So the picture of winnowing is it's like uh, you're shaking out the shaft and it's a very violent action. And it's always a picture in the Old Testament of tribulation or hard times. It's separating the chaff from the wheat, from the, the grain that you can eat and the, and the shell that's just worthless. So it's a picture to me, it's a picture of the harvest and also a picture of the tribulation period that may be coming soon. Who knows? But we want to be ready, right? So here we see um, that he's doing that on the threshing floor. And, he, and, Ruth, and then uh, Naomi says to her, Wash therefore and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will... He will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you have said, all that you say, I will do. So Ruth is like, I will do that. And here we're seeing Ruth, who's a type of the bride of Christ, the church, learning from Naomi, who's a type of Israel. So we, as a church, should not be arrogant. We could learn so much from our, our Jewish friends uh, that they could teach us so much about the laws and the customs and about the, the Torah and the scriptures. And we want to learn from them. We don't want to be arrogant. So, <laughs> so she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of the grain. And then she came softly and uncovered his feet, and lay down. And at midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings. Or you could say, it says compare, for the word wings can also mean corners of a garment. Spread the corners of your garment over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Wow, you are a redeemer. Jesus is called the redeemer, my friends. This is so good. There's so much to this. And then verse 10, and he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or 
or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And that's the same word used for the woman of Proverbs 31. Isn't that great? And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight in the morning. If he will redeem you good, let him do it. But if he does, if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. And so she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment that you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it in her, put it on her. And then she went into the city. And when she had come to her mother-in-law, Naomi, right? She said, how did you fare, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she replied, wait, my daughter, until you know, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest but we'll settle the matter today. So she's given, a, given her all this wisdom, right? This is so good. And then chapter four, verse one, now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there and behold, the redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, my friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and he sat down. So there was this one relative that was closer. So he's following the laws, right? The, the law of Moses. And he's, he's doing it exactly as they were supposed to do. And then verse 2, And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. And then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi has come back from the land of Moab is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. And so I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of, of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth, mm. the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. And now this was the custom in the former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of attesting in Israel. 
And so when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, he drew off his sandal. And then Boaz said to the elders and to all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and to Malon. And also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon. I have I've bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in, in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. And then all the people who were at the gate in the elders said, We are witnesses, and may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. For together built up the house of Israel, and may you act worthily in Ephrath, and may be renowned in Bethlehem. So Ephrathah was like the house of bread in Bethlehem, right? May you be found worthy. This is so good, you guys. They're witnessing this and they said, may she be as, as Rachel and Leah. So there's like a blessing poured out on, on Ruth right now. And then verse 12 of chapter four, and may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. And so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Now watch this. And then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in Israel. And he shall be your he shall be to you a restorer of life. Wow, a restorer of life. And a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. And then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi and they named him Obed for he, he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Wow. So Naomi's grandson, Ruth's son becomes in the line, and Ruth too, in the line of the Messiah through David. Remember, the Messiah comes through the line of David. This is so powerful. And then verse 18, now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Amnimadab, and Amnimadab fathered uh, Nashon and Nashon fathered Salmon and Salmon fathered Boaz and Boaz fathered Obed and Obed fathered Jesse and Jesse fathered David. And you can see the same genealogy in the book of Matthew where he shows us and then David fathered, uh, begot or fathered Solomon, which is the line through Joseph, but Joseph wasn't his real father. He was, he was just Mary's husband. Because Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, was born by the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary. And Mary comes from the line of David 
but through Nathan. It wasn't the cursed line like the line of Solomon, but it was through the line of David uh, and then Nathan. So that's what we see. And Matthew covers that genealogy so thoroughly. You got to read that. If you're in Israel, you want to read that. Trust me. So this is so good. And that, my friends, is the story of Ruth. And the next one is the book of Samuel. All right. Well, let's take a look at those pictures one more time here. So remember the the, the bread and the wine and the story, it was so good. And then the pillar named Boaz. And then we go back, we see this, the grain, the harvest. This is the wheat harvest where I live in July and August. And we see the many people. So this is so good. The story of Ruth is a very powerful story and a picture. Ruth being a picture of the church, the bride of Christ, the Gentile bride, mostly Gentile. And also Naomi being a picture of Israel and Boaz, the hero, being a picture of Christ himself. So awesome. All right. So here we see Boaz, Ruth, and Christ. All right. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and finish up. And uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray. And if you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do so. You can receive him with a simple prayer, my friend, and be redeemed like the story shows us. All right? You could be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He purchased you. All right? All right, so let's pray. You can just repeat this prayer right after me if you want to receive Jesus into your life. All right? You're praying to God. It's business between you and God. You can stop what you're doing. You can do this right where you're at. Okay? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I want to turn from my sin. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you shed your blood for me. I also believe that in three days you were raised from the dead and that you're alive today. I want to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my friend. If you did that, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices right now. They're rejoicing over you, what you did. So congratulations on that. And uh, hey, God bless you. And remember, don't forget, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button down below. And remember to comment down below, especially if you prayed that prayer, please comment because I want to pray for you. And um, also, if you just have anything you want to say about Messiah or the story of Ruth or anything like that, please do comment down below. All right, you guys. Hey, God bless you. And God bless his kingdom coming to this world.